Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Is it great to be back together again? Hooray! So we're starting our new series today, Unhurry. It's not a real word, I made it up. Um, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to think about how during this season, um, particularly in January, how we can really um, slow and make more space for God in our lives. We lead very busy lives. You talk to anybody, you ask them how they are, they say they're busy, and I'll say they're tired. They're your two stock answers. Um, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. God called us not to be busy and tired. He called us to be fruitful. He called us to be fruitful. And, uh, and so what we're trying to right at the start of the year is think about what rhythms can we put into our life that will help us not be busy and tired people, but fruitful people. How can we be more fruitful and productive and make more space for God? We finished last year with this fantastic uh, verse from... The message in Matthew 11, where Jesus says this, walk with me and work with me. Don't you love that? Walk with me and work with me. God wants to be in every part of your life, not just on a Sunday morning, not just in your quiet times or, your, or when you listen to podcasts or you listen to worship music. He wants to be in your work and your walk. He wants to be in every part of your life. Watch how I do it. There aren't many people in our lives these days we can look at and say, that's the way I want to live. Most of the people we look at or see in the public eye, we think, hmm, not so keen. But, um, you know, Jesus is the perfect model and the perfect mentor. We can look at him and see how to do life. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That's my favorite phrase for this year. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. How can we adopt these habits and rhythms that will make us uh, not only uh, enjoy being with God, but also thrive in being with God? I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. When Jesus spoke these words, um, the Jews were under Roman occupation. They were used to oppression. They were used to oppression from the religious system. They were used to oppression from the occupying forces. They were used to heavy things being laid upon them in all sorts of different ways. And in the midst of all this, Jesus says, I won't do that to you. If you come to me, my yoke will be easy. My burden will be light. In fact, it'll be well-fitting. Keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. Anybody fancy that? (laughs) And so that's our hope. This is an invitation from Jesus. These words are as alive today as they were when they were spoken over 2,000 years ago. That's our invitation that Jesus gives to us. Come to me, walk with me, learn from me. And so these unforced rhythms of grace, we're going to try and touch into them over the next four weeks or so in this series, Unhurry. For many of us, um, we try and sort of, we can try and squash Jesus into our lives. When we go on holiday, if you're sensible, you put the big suitcases in the car first, don't you? Well, you should do, because then you can get your other stuff in around them. If you try and put your other stuff in first and get your big suitcase in afterwards, you end up with this scenario. And it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to pack when you've got other things taking up space that the more important things should be taking up. But sometimes our lives are like this. They're full of kind of puffed up, inflated things that have no real substance. 
They have no real substance. They don't really give us life, but they occupy big spaces in our lives. And what we're going to try and do over this, um, over this period is kind of identify how we can maybe modify and change some of our habits and some of our focuses. I want to play you a video clip. And as ever, there will be a quiz afterwards. So um, now if you haven't seen this film, don't spoil it by shouting out the ending. Okay, so I'm going to play you a video clip and I'm going to ask you some questions afterwards. So uh, all eyes on the screens. I really enjoyed our walk today. Ditto. Would you like to repeat the experience? Would you like to give me your number? I don't have a phone. Oh, my God, I was just beginning to think you're not as weird as you look. Before you throw me in the bin with the rest of your battered conquests, it's not completely true. I do have a phone. It's just locked in a cupboard. Why? Oh, I got so tired of staring at my hand all day. I mean, you should try it. It's like saying you should try death. I think somebody really wants to get hold of yeah, you. Yeah, no, I know. Someone really isn't going to get the chance. <clears throat> no. <laughs> Ditch that. All of your stresses will just melt away. Oh, but I just like stress. Oi, you getting on? Yeah. Your chariot awaits. Indeed. I'll see you at the store. OK. And don't forget, look up. Oh, for God's sake, shut up, will you? <laughs> OK. Anyone know the film? Anyone seen the film? What's it called? Last Christmas. It's in the cinemas now if you want to see it. Um, without giving any spoilers away about the end of the film or why it's called The Last Christmas, um, what was unusual? Two characters there, Kate and Tom, just met each other, kind of beginning to figure each other out and learn about each other. What's unusual about Tom? What's happened to his phone? Locked it in a cupboard. And uh, when she asked him why, why does he say, why is he locked in a cupboard? Tired of staring at my hand all day. I think that's really powerful, isn't it? We spend so much time staring at our hands. There's a device in front of it, but most people are literally doing this their whole lives. I, I, would, I was going to put a picture, I forgot to put it in, but I, there was a great picture from the BBC website of New Year's Eve and the fireworks celebration. And they turned the camera onto the crowd and they took a picture. And there were thousands of people watching the fireworks celebrations through a four-inch screen like this. <laughs> thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people watching this incredible fireworks page through a four-inch or five-inch screen like this. And it's part of what we do, isn't it? What, he was tired of staring at his hand. What was Kate's response when she suggested, he suggested she might try it? I love this. You might as well try death. Now, for anybody here today, the thought of having life at your mobile phone, does it feel like death to you? Oh, you're all liars. <laughs> no. So anybody who wants to play the game, come and give me your phone. I'll have it for a week. And lock it in a cupboard. Tom said, didn't he, if she ditched the phone, what would happen? A lot of our anxieties and stress would go away. And we're not here to demonize the phone today. We're not here to... But sometimes things like our phones, they get so much of our attention, so much of our... They're like the inflatables in that boot of that car. They take up so much of our time, and they demand our time, that we can miss out some of these unforced rhythms that, um, that Jesus talked about. You see, God isn't interested in making you have a boring life or a, or a not interesting life or a, a life that isn't vital and vivid. He's interested in you getting to know him better so he can 
you can experience the things that Jesus talks about rather than just read about them uh, on the pages of a book. You can learn to live in a way that Jesus described because he lived that life for us. He not only came to, to die for our sins, he came to live in a way to model for you and I how we too could live life, how we could thrive. And he was probably the busiest person on the planet in terms of the expectations that were laid upon him as a person. But he learned these unforced rhythms of grace. And then he spoke to his disciples and said, if you open your eyes, you'll see things as I do. Lift up your head. And the guy on here, doesn't he, says, look up, look up. And we spend so much of our time looking down, looking down at our devices or looking down at our circumstances. And Tom says, look up, look up, lift your head, Jesus said, and actually see with a fresh pair of eyes what God is doing all around you. So that was just a bit of an introduction for you. We're going to worship again now, and then we're going to get back into this whole thing about how do we spend a bit of time unhurrying today. So invite the worship band to come back. Why don't we stand again? And as we just worship in this next half, why don't you ask God to speak, begin speaking to you about what these unforced rhythms of grace might look like for you in this season, in 2020. So, Kelly didn't mention the word, but I'll mention it to you. It is the word fasting, sometimes called slowing because it feels like it goes slow when you're fasting. But, um, yeah, anybody already decided what they're going to fast? Look at that. Loads of people who haven't. Fantastic. I'm going for you. Okay. Why do we fast? Well, when we fast, we, um, we essentially we give up something that is, we like or is valuable to us. We do it in a way to make space for God in our lives. That We've talked about that already, and we're making space. When Jesus said, follow me, he said, in order to follow me, you must deny yourself. And so when we deny ourselves, we essentially put our needs behind, behind what God wants for us. So we live in a culture that effectively encourages us to get every need that we have met. And in a Western culture, we can get most of our needs met very quickly and very easily because we have access to so many resources and so much stuff is readily at hand. So we have a need, we just go and get it met. And whether that be uh, something we like to do, something we like to eat, something we like to drink, something we like to watch. We're now in a, in a phase of history when any need we have, we can readily get met very, very quickly. And so the whole thing about denying ourselves is not very vogue in Christian circles because uh, we, choose, we choose our stars, we choose our music, we choose our habits, we choose our things, we choose the people we like to listen to. Everything tends to be focused around us. But Jesus said, if you're going to really learn to walk with me and grow with me, you're going to have to deny yourself. And so when we fast, what we decide to do, take a little bit of what we like, and we say we're not going to do that or not going to have that for a period of time. Now, there's a rule of threes in survival, okay? A rule of threes. So anyone know the rule of threes? You can go three minutes without air, oxygen. Yes, you need air. You can go three days without water. You can go three weeks without... You know, isn't that good news? <laughs> I'm not suggesting by any means that we go three weeks without food, even though I do know some people who've done that and ended up extremely thin and very spiritual. Uh, but um, well, they said they were spiritual. They just looked very thin to me. But um, now, all, all, you know, amazing to fast, water fast for 21 days is quite an extraordinary thing to do. But... So there's certain things we can't give up. We can't give up air. We can't give up water. You know, we, can, we can't give up shelter. There's certain things that we need in our life, we absolutely need. They're essentials. 
But so much of what's in our life is non-essential, is, is not needed, or can be sacrificed or given up for a period of time. And, uh, and that's what fasting encourages us to do. Um, so let's have a think about that for a second. We really sense in 2020 that God has got so much more for us. We're really excited by what happened in 2019. But there are certain areas we really want to see breakthroughs, particularly. We want to see breakthroughs in terms of the amount of people coming to know Jesus. We want to see breakthroughs in terms of the, uh, the, the de-church people, people who have been hurt by church, coming and connecting back. We want to see breakthroughs in the area of healing. We want to see breakthroughs in the areas of things like where we're trying to get a community hub started in Herne Bay. We're yet to find the right venue. We want to see breakthroughs in all these areas. And when the disciples were trying to cast demons out of a young boy and they couldn't, Jesus said this type only come out with prayer and fasting. There was a dynamic uh, that fasting brings that kind of moves the cogs of heaven in a more powerful way. I don't understand that. I can't theologically justify it. But Jesus said there's something that needs to be done here of a greater measure that will move things, get things done, will we'll cause breakthroughs. And so what we're saying by fasting at the start of this year is, God, we want to see more of you. We want to, I want to see more of you in my life, personally. I want to see more of you in the life of the church. I want to see more of, you, more of your activity in the communities around where we live. And that's what we're saying by fasting. We're making a, a choice to express our hunger for God by denying ourselves for a period of time. And when we do that, there is a cost because you'll be amazed at how much of your life are filled by these things that make you feel comfortable or happy. And so when you fast, you can feel, if you fast food, let's say you fast a meal, suddenly you're obsessed with food. All you think about is chicken legs on legs running around. You know, like those cartoons, you know, like Wile E. Coyote, everything looks like food. I could eat you, no. Um, And you become obsessed with the thing that you can't have. The thing that you're denying is the thing that preoccupies you, let's say you choose not to drink alcohol. Suddenly, you, the very thing you want all the time is a drink. Or you choose, uh, you choose not to look at screens, and suddenly every TV program is calling you to watch it. There's a thing that happens when we deny ourselves that really forces us back to look at ourselves and grow in our hunger for God and really get a bit more insight into, um, into what we're like. We'll come back to that in a second. But let's have a quick look at some of the things we might fast. So we could fast food. Um, I think in Daniel 11, when Daniel was in captivity in Babylon, he chose to sort of seek God and push into God and pray it because of the state of the nation. He said, I'm not going to let any choice meat or morsels pass my lips or any, any wine. So he chose for a period of 21 days to fast certain types of food. Uh, you could choose to fast uh, a meal. You could choose to fast a number of meals. And so we can fast food. Uh, you can fast certain types of food. Obviously, as I'm saying this, if you've got medical conditions or things that you need, I'm not encouraging you to do something that's dangerous for you. You need to think about what works for you in your situation. You could fast tea and coffee. Now that was pain. Oh my goodness. <laughs> A day without caffeine, what would that look like? The whole spiritual world in the West would grind to a halt. <laughs> You could fast alcohol, okay? You could choose to fast alcohol for a season. I know dry January, it's a great thing to do, but some of these things, you know, that's not just not, not do it for necessarily for just for, for the fact that you want to feel healthier or you want to feel better. Fasting has a, a great byproduct of actually, I know it's spiritually good for you, but it's physically good for you. But, you know, you might choose to do this because it's a pinch point for you. Or you're, le- you're leaning into alcohol when you should be leaning into God. 
you might fast chocolate. Okay? So again, for the chocoholics amongst you, or it might be some other sweet things that you like that you might choose to, to fast, or literally sweets, sweet, sweet things, uh, sweet desserts, anything like that you might choose to fast. You might fast social media. Oh, my goodness. So you might choose to, uh, to not look at your hand all the time. You might choose to look up. You might choose to fast screens full stop. You might choose to fast TV. You might choose to fast Netflix. You might choose to fast uh, endless scrolling on your laptop or your browser on your, on your iPad. You might choose any of those things. These are all good things that you can fast. The key thing is a meaningful fast starts in the heart of God, between you and God. So what would a meaningful fast look like for you to do? What would be a meaningful fast for you and God to be involved in? It talks in Scripture that, Jesus, that God says he desires a certain type of fast, a fast that softens the heart, a fast that makes people compassionate and reach out to the vulnerable and the lonely. And so, and so the, the, the um, Israelites were chastised for doing religious things but having no internal change. And so what we want when we fast, we want to bring about transformation. We want to bring out a change between us and God also and a change in our circumstances. So what would what might denying yourself look like? What might, form might it take for you? Children, you might want to chat to your parents about what you might want to fast. If you want some advice or thoughts, they can maybe help you on that. They might know your pinch points better than you do. and might be able to help you identify what you could fast. Once you've decided what you're going to fast then the key thing is to use the space you've set aside to spend time with God. You've created space in your life by fasting. So if you missed lunch, you could go for a walk or uh, to pray, maybe, and reflect. If you're fasting television, you could use that time to read or worship or pray. Um, you're making space by fasting. When you fast, normally two things happen. Okay, two things happen. You get a better insight about yourself. You get to look under the hood of your own life and see a bit more about what's going on in your own life. And your passion for God will tend to grow. Your hunger for him will grow. Now, life is normally like this. Most of our lives are full of noise. Lots of noise in all sorts of different ways. We have noise continually coming to us in different forms. Okay? You call it like white noise. It's happening all the time. And this is just 30 seconds of white noise, and already you're annoyed, I can tell. But um, we have this background hum continually going on in our lives. It comes into all sorts of different forms and all sorts of different ways. When we fast, well, it's a little bit like turning the volume down. And when you turn the volume down low enough and long enough you get to really get a better understanding of who you are and what God wants to do in your life. But again, we live in a culture where there's so much white noise in so many different forms that's coming to us all the time. I would say that many of us are even frightened of silence because we're so used to having some form of input, some form of white noise coming to us all the time. But what that noise is doing is denying you the opportunity to connect with a God who's a God of peace and a God of quiet and a God of stillness. And so when we fast, it's a bit like turning the volume down on that white noise and we get to discern the voice of God a little bit better and get to hear a little bit better about what God's saying to us in the quietness 
of our own hearts. This is a lovely canal scene. This is in Rochdale. This is Loch Nine visited, and uh, you've got a beautiful bar there on the side. Well, recently, the, uh, they found that loch needed a bit of maintenance. They had to drain the canal. So this is what they uh, found. A propensity to throw in traffic cones seems to be the, uh, the Rochdale uh, pastime. Many of our lives look like the first picture. Okay? We look like this on the surface. And what happens when we fast? It's a little bit like draining the canal. Okay? And we get to see a little bit of this. Now, I'm not saying this is your life. But we've got all this stuff that beneath the surface that we don't ever get in touch with or we don't ever see because we're too busy obscuring it with activity and noise that takes place in our lives all the time. But when we fast, it's a little bit like lowering the water level and we get to, to see some stuff that maybe God wants to bring healing to. Maybe he wants to bring transformation to. Maybe he wants to bring a fresh set of beliefs or a, or a new understanding about yourself. But while we immerse ourselves continually in the noise, then that never happens because there's no space for it to happen. So as we fast, we can get into this a little bit better, get a little bit beneath the surface and see actually there's something there that needs attention. There's something there that God wants to, to focus in on. In Psalm 139, uh, David says this. He says, investigate my life, God. Find out everything about me and get a clear picture of what I'm about. So when we fast, it's a little bit like, like saying to God, can you come and help me investigate my heart? Investigate what's beneath the surface. What's the stuff that you really want to bring healing or transformation to? And so fasting can lower the water level and help us get into those things that we wouldn't normally do. The second thing that happens when we fast is we, uh, our passion for God can grow can really deepen. So rather than just filling our time with stuff or activity for God, and we start to really grow in our hunger for him, and uh, we begin to walk that walk with him and learn from him. And that's really exciting. But I've got to be honest with you, it's going to bite in the first few days. Whatever you choose to give up, it's going to bite. And there'll be a whisper in your ear saying, this isn't working, why don't you just go back to what you were doing before? And our job is to resist that and push into all that God has for us. Our Saviour fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. That is the upper limit of human ability. Beyond that, you're experiencing death. Your body starts to eat itself, and you are literally on the very extremity of what your body can do. And so Jesus himself showed, showed for us what can be done in our humanity when we really are seeking God. It was the Holy Spirit that took him into the wilderness. It was the Holy Spirit that led him there. And that it was from that point of utter sort of humility that God launched his ministry. And so, again, Jesus modeled to us uh, something that we can do, we can walk into, we can walk with him. And so let's use the space that God's making, whatever you choose to fast, whatever you choose to do, let's use that space to let God in a bit deeper, our own lives, but also to create that hunger for all that God wants to do in our church, in our communities. We're going to focus on three main things during the fast. Very simple. We're going to focus on up to God. So that's really increasing your hunger for him, your worship of him, your understanding of him, the way he sees you. Into ourselves, getting beneath the, the water level of, uh, of our own lives, allowing God to, to minister to us, to heal us, to, to, um, to give us new vision, new hope. 
and out to others. We're going to be praying for our communities. We're going to be praying for transformation uh, in our towns, in our coastlands. Very simple, three things you can focus on during this time of prayer and fasting. As Keely mentioned, we've got this great opportunity on Friday to gather. When we gather for these nights of prayer, we don't sit around in a circle for four and a half hours. That would be bad. Um, what we do, we just really roll with what God's doing. We sense the ebbs and flows of God's spirit. We listen to him. We focus on him. We pray as he leads us. It's really a time of life and refreshing him. And, you know, come 12.30, most of us are buzzing because that's just a great time with the Lord. So if you've not been along to one of those, I encourage you to come for all of it or just part of it. I want to finish by just encouraging you devotionally at the start of the year. There's lots of different things you can do to sort of kickstart or in- encourage you in your spiritual life. Um, I just want to show you some different, um, some different Bible apps and aids. Uh, the U uh, Version Bible. I've got loads of reading plans on there that you can. Um, so I'm Keen and I this year are going to do the Bible Project New Testament. Uh, so that's not the whole Bible, it's just the New Testament. And so the Bible Project guys will play you a video and give you some scriptures to read. So great if you're more visually, a more visual learner. So that's, that's on there. That's completely free. There's a 21-day fast one you can start today that will help you uh, in this fast. Uh, again, completely free within the U version of the uh, um, Bible app. Another one I want to recommend to you is, um, is Pete Gregg's Lectio 365. This is a prayer devotional. Okay, So we have lots of Bible devotionals, but Pete Gregg and the 24-7 team Spend about eight minutes a day with you. You can, you can just play this and listen to Pete's lovely dulcet tones, encouraging you to reflect uh, on the Lord. Some beautiful liturgy in there, some beautiful historical prayers. Again, you can use that. A beautiful app to help you journey in prayer throughout the year as well, rather than just read scripture. So all these are great little aids that you can use to sort of stir your spiritual walk this year. There's so much stuff available to us. I really encourage you to, to pick something that might help you. The Lectio 365 is particularly good, I think, um, at just encouraging you into the presence of God. Because there's lots of space in that eight minutes for you to pray and reflect yourself. It's very, very measured and very mellow. So it's a really uh, great little app there that you can, you can use. Any questions, just come and grab us and we'll try and point in the direction of these different prayer tools. So are you excited? <laughs> good. You're all thinking, oh goodness, God's told me to give up this. Oh no. Whatever God asks you or encourages you to, to deny yourself, he will come in like a flood behind that, I guarantee. Whatever you give to him, he will multiply and give back to you. Um, he will. That, that's his promise. So whatever you put in his hands, he's the God of multiplication. So, um, so what we don't want to do is what David said, I won't give to God that which costs me nothing. You know, I won't bring to God something which has no, I said before, be very easy for me to give up celery because I don't really eat it. Um, but it wouldn't have any meaning. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be denying myself. Um, so don't, don't play a game with God over this period because you'll, you'll get out of it what you put into it. You know, God has this real desire to, to deepen his walk with you. Amen? Yeah, it starts today. It starts today and then runs for 21 days from today. That's what we're going to be doing. So, so you've still got time today to start that fast in some form or other. Okay, well, we're going to go into um, communion now. If I invite Mark to come back up. Why don't we stand together again if you're able? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org.
Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Witch Riverside.